As of this recording, basketball is the second most popular sport in the world, and popularity for the sport only continues to grow. The league that is the spearhead of basketball surging influence, the National Basketball Association. From star players, both homegrown and international, to loyal and devoted fans, and most importantly, the league's utilization of marketing techniques and strategies that are a massive factor in their continued success. The NBA has become the face of both basketball in the United States and abroad. But things weren't always as cut and dry. What's going on, everybody? My name is Brett Hahn, and for my digital capstone project, I'll be breaking down the NBA's rise to a cultural and marketing juggernaut and the strategies that they use to get here, including adaptations to the digital age. But first, to truly understand the modern NBA, you have to dive into their roots. A result of a merger between the BAA, the Basketball Association of America, and the NBL, the National Basketball League, in 1946, the NBA was initially composed of a few squads with limited competitive edge and experience. The level of competition and play was a criticism of the league and the first major obstacle that had to be conquered. In addition to the level of play, there was a period in the late 60s and early 70s where players struggled with drug usage. Most notably, the heavy use of cocaine threatened to completely destroy the NBA both from within and in the eyes of fans in terms of credibility. But it didn't completely sink the league. From rock bottom came two living legends that would not only save the NBA, but become the faces of the league. Magic Johnson of Michigan State and Larry Bird of Indiana changed the college game and changed the NBA game forever. Their rivalry changed the perception of Lakers versus Celtics to Magic v. Bird, and this trend of player-dominated headlines was only further expanded with players such as Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, and LeBron James, to name a few. In short, star athletes are a major facet of the brand. And the league knows that and utilizes it to their advantage to draw in fans from across the globe, especially is the case in Europe. Um, Not not only the NBA is by far the strongest and wealthier basketball league in the world, but it's considered to be the mainstream basketball league in most of the world. According to Eurohoops.net article by author Aris Barkas, the NBA in Europe in the 80s was considered almost more of a cult movement. That label has since been shed as... Players, players from different European nations have risen to the top of the player ranks and have brought fans from a multitude of different countries along with them for the ride. Back-to-back MVP Nikola Jokic, Finals MVP and NBA MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Luka Doncic of Slovenia represent pl- European players that have not only risen to the respective prominence in their, in their game, but have, in in addition, by extension, been brand ambassadors for their country and inspirations of hope back home for their players to both make the league one day and for the league to come to their countries in the form of digital content and entertainment. Global initiatives as well, such as NBA Africa and continued relations with China, although a little bit tense since current Philadelphia 76ers executive Daryl Morey sent out a tweet condemning their government, truly shows just how committed the NBA is to expanding its reach, and in turn, how welcoming other countries are of the sport's potential entertainment and market value. For NBA Africa in particular, the real movement began in 2003 when, with the world-renowned Basketball Without Borders camp being created. This camp provided education, or continues to provide, excuse me, education and training opportunities to boys and girls from the entire continent. This dedication shows that the league is dedicated to more than just results on the court or in getting the best talent possible to join its ranks. There is a genuine interest in humanitarian efforts and being a large part of everlasting change beyond their own sphere. Kate Javery, the NBA's chief marketing officer, described the NBA as a values-based organization, one that is intent on loyalty 
and giving back to the community that makes their success possible. This humbleness and respect drives professional relationships with fans, advertisers, partners, and investors, and is the backbone of their identity as a business. At the end of the day, it is important to note that the NBA is promoting a sport, but they are in the entertainment business, and to survive, you have to stand tall and be, and be unique to everybody else. In the digital age especially, these relationships and initiatives are vital for the ongoing success and public image of the league. Like many influencers and businesses, the NBA utilizes social media applications such as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, to name a few, to interact with fans and enable content to reach audiences faster. People are passionate about sports. And in modern society, capitalizing on this passion, using social media and other quick avenues of content creation and distribution are the keys to keeping consumers engaged and interested. In a 2015 study published by the Canadian Center of Science and Education, researcher Zhang Feng Sun perfectly summarized the NBA's brand strategy. He explains that the essence of an enterprise's profits is a game with its customers and how to use its existing resources to create its own value according to the needs of customers. For the MBA, this requires clarity on their own values and to give full play to the core values of education, effects, and practice on the basis of understanding consumers' heart carefully, why they buy products, and the characteristics between industries and the competition brand advantage. In addition to the marketing techniques used, the standard marketing techniques used, other factors such as catchphrases, nicknames, and lingo are another facet of NBA marketing that plays an important role in fan engagement. Whether it's labeling Steph Curry and Klay Thompson as the Splash Brothers, to renowned basketball commentator Mike Breen's signature BANG when a player hits a three-point shot, there are a litany of different labels for different facets of the game. In the case of one and done, a rule in place requiring athletes to play one year in college before going to the NBA draft, NBA partner, NBA partner with Foot Locker to utilize that mantra and sell merchandise to that label. Some of the best advertising slogans make their way into common language use. And for the NBA and its partners, this type of response is effective in generating excitement and opportunity. And with more opportunity comes more people eager to take a stab at the pie. And for the NBA keeping its profits alive and well, they're going to they're gonna have to rely on this continued support in order to do so. And modern digital means definitely give them a, a game up on other sports leagues. Now, looking around at the, the other respective sports, you know, such as the NFL, NBA, or NHL, MLB, each team or each league, and, and even each team for that matter as well, has a presence on social media. I've seen lately as well, um, each league use TikTok as a means to post um, post shorts from interviews, uh, different excerpts from practices, to even poke fun jabs at the opposing teams in the name of competition, friendly rivalries, um, fan engagement, and you know e even tagging fans and getting fans involved with the creative process to a degree. One example that stands out to me specifically uh, is with the New York Jets. They have an initiative every year. It's called the uh, the Atlantic Health Kids Reporter. And now the Jets, after today's 2017 victory over the Buffalo Bills, are six and three. And with and with that initiative, um, every time that uh, kid reporter Johnny uh, saw a Jets win, his dad would buy him ice cream. And so the New York Jets Twitter and social and Instagram and other social media outlets started a hashtag. 
started a hashtag, excuse me, <clears throat> dealing with a little bit of sickness, um, called hashtag ice cream for Johnny. And win for Johnny is the other slogan that they use as well. This is not only a call, you know, to inspire the team to win for a purpose, but it is also an important and really, really forward-thinking move on the team's part to get fans involved and engaged and excited and really uplift their image and brand. Um, sports marketing in general really is a myriad of different factors that you know come together and um, that come together and and um, put into effect you know different different strategies that they can use. Now, sports marketing in general, um, there's a bunch of different things that you know go into the NBA's marketing strategy. One article that I was able to find uh, was from a master's student in management at the uh, at the Department of Quantitative Methods for Management and Economics. Student Zhang Chin uh, did a research study on the NBA marketing strategy in the Chinese market, and he dove into a he dove into a deep value of um, you know exactly what the NBA you know does, how they're able to carry out their strategies, how it reflects modern policies, because the studies from 2020, so it's relatively recent, um, but. Before I get, you know, before I kind of dive into the logistics of that one, it's important to note, you know, just the simplicity. Sports, they play an important role in today's society, and the distance between sports and people's life is getting closer. This much is evident with digital means, as instead of content being provided by word of mouth or having to see it on a television program an hour or two hours, maybe the night after something happens, it's right in front of your face as it happens. For me specifically, I... I write for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, for Fan Nation, so a big part of me writing for the team is, you know, following all the different, uh, you know, radio stations, news outlets, media personalities down in that Florida area getting live updates, and I incorporate that in my writing along with my own observations. I feel that it really leads to a better description of, of what happens into a game and for fans as well. I mean, if they're interested, it really gives them a multitude of different perspectives on different fact, different uh, aspects of the game as they're happening. So that's something, you know, that social media is definitely able to provide for its viewers. But in general, looking at sports marketing as a whole, there's so many different strategies that these leagues, including the NBA, utilize in the both in the past and in the modern digital age only being enhanced you know you got uh the marketing of sporting events you know that like i was just explaining on how i write for the jacksonville jaguars you know that's marketing the game that's giving play-by-play -play commentary and updates you're you're marketing what's going on in the game you're trying to get fans to tune in you're trying to get people to interact with on social media you're trying to sell a team or a product as part of a live event, you know, you got a marketing of sports stars. Like I was talking about the NBA, that's something that's very prominent in, on an individual player status. Guys like LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, John Morant, you name it. All these big name stars, they're marketing the players as the brand. And that's been a huge 
facet of the NBA success. You know, in baseball, you got Aaron Judge, you got Mike Trout, Bryce Harper. Hockey, you have Igor Shosturkin, uh, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. Football, Tom with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Just so many different players with marketability and likability. Those are really the main factors that these leagues try to drive off of and capitalize on. Then you got other strategies like theme-based strategies uh, where, you know, you can use traditional marketing strategies, incorporate a sports theme into the marketing program for non-sports products. Uh, the marketer might opt to use a sports-related copy platform or advertise products in sports-related media to effectively reach customers, according to Fullerton and Russell in a 2008 excerpt. Uh, you got product-based strategies. Now, this can be, you know, merchandise. This can be a foam finger, a jersey, a football, a basketball, um, fake player rings, a bunch of different things. But the one thing, you know, that really stood out to me and what I think the NBA really does a great job of incorporating with modern digital strategies is um, something called sports-based strategies. Now, the the author's research, uh, Zhang Chin, you know, he explained very, he explained that, you know, this is the final domain. These sports-based strategies, they're characterized by official sponsors of a sports property or selling other sports products. And the role that sports plays in both the product and these dimensions may reflect the greatest reliance on sports-oriented initiatives. Now, how else are these leagues going to continue to prosper and get going and really move forward it's by promoting their brand? The NBA is not going to grow by promoting the NFL. The NFL is not going to grow by incorporating hockey-based hockey-based stuff. The NHL is not going to grow if you're, you're promoting cricket. You know, like people are there for a reason. People are there to see different things and different aspects related to the sport. And the one thing that I, you know, was able to kind of piece together from my exploring new media class is the advent of these prosumers. And that's what these sports leagues have to, such as the NBA has to adjust to as well. Prosumers basically are, you know, users who are producers and consumers of their own media. So instead of, you know, as I was alluding to earlier, instead of that uh, typical, you know, give and take exchange, you've seen a lot more people in the digital age take control of how they consume their media, what information appears on their feed, different things that they're interested in, filtering out things that they may not want to hear. It's really cause an uphill battle for sports leagues, for any of our brands, businesses, other other people and influencers to get their footing in. And the NBA faces these same challenges. And that's why, you know, integrating these social media strategies and uh, really basing their approach on values, on taking the time with people, uh, being a people-focused and loyalty-based organization, I think that's one of the bigger reasons why the NBA and sports marketing as a whole has evolved to the point where it is today and will only continue to grow later down the line. One final note I want to include about the NBA before we sign off on this podcast episode today is the fact that, you know, the I, I mentioned earlier that the 
NBA has a obligation to fans, players, and uses their players, you know, for marketing purposes and gain. But that I, I want to make clear that in that approach, the NBA does not take advantage of uh, of player marketability and does create resources and different facets that give players opportunity to thrive and make their mark. Uh, one such, you know, there, there's a multitude of different factors. You got the Chinese Basketball Association, the European Basketball Association was created in 2001, uh, and which is now considered the second strongest league in the entire world. Um, you got the NBA recent, the recent expansion of the G League to include a team called the G League Ignite, which gives high school prospects at the end of their high school career an opportunity to, um, instead of go to college as part of the one and done rule, play a year in the pros, make a salary, and then enter the draft after that year. We saw a recent example with Jalen Green, now a shooting guard for the Houston Rockets, who went second overall pick. Played in the played with that G League Ignite team for a season, made five hundred thousand dollars, got valuable pro experience, and you know was able to turn it into a solid draft position and rookie contract. And you know the NBA with the G League specifically, um, you know that the time was there. The time was now to make a change, and for these athletes, you know, giving them different options to choose how they want to approach their professional goals really shows a flexibility to its players. And it really inspires uh, the players, you know, to keep pushing and ultimately see their goal through. And at the same time, welcome the addition of hardworking talent into the league. So in essence, the idea of sports marketing and the strategy that the NBA employs is a give and exchange process, you know, similar to that of older strategies, but ramped up significantly and through different modern as modern means to further expand, uh, further expand the game, and most importantly, to stay on top of current trends. But with that, that's going to be the end of today's podcast episode. I want to thank you guys for joining me along this journey. I'm I'm Brett Hahn. And stay tuned for the posting of this podcast episode to my WordPress website, uh, brethon.wordpress.com. If you want to see a link to my uh, my other pro- Rutgers projects and Sports Illustrated content slash Fan Nation, it'll all be there on the website for you guys to see. But with that, hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, weekend, and thank you again for tuning in.